Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. Well, it sounds like um, many people in the group today uh, have probably already been through most of these processes, but um, just over the years, Ghidra and I have kind of distilled some practices that really seem to kind of help groups get off the ground um, with as few problems, or at least to avoid some of the problems that we've we've noticed earlier on. And one thing that we've started doing recently is to ask people to fill out a questionnaire, which has really been uh, helpful uh, to get an idea about what people's interests are, whether they might be a good fit for a, an existing group, um, whether you might like to refer them to another group. Um, it just kind of helps you put together the people in the group that are going to have the most uh, opportunity to um, to be compatible and, and work together well. It also helps, I think, to call p- potential members just for a quick chat. If they, um, if they say they're interested in joining your group, you can find out what their interests are, uh, what their availability is, um, all kinds of, of important things. If you're just starting a group, uh, you might be looking for a co-facilitator, and it's really helpful to talk with people a little bit before your first meeting to find out um, whether there might be somebody among the uh, group that might be a good co-facilitator or whether people are looking for peer groups or what have you, but it all really kind of helps to get things off the ground. Um, One reason why I think this is really helpful is because um, many of the groups that, that I've been in can spend a lot of time having people come in and out of the group trying to see if it's a good fit or not. And you can spend a whole lot of time during your meetings talking to people, um, with people introducing themselves around the circle. And by the time you're halfway through your meeting, you may find we've spent half of our time orienting somebody new to our group who may not decide it's a good fit after all. So um, I I think it just, I found it very helpful to try and, and get as much information as possible from people before getting together as a first group or inviting somebody in to join in a continuing group. Can I ask just a question? Sure. Can you offer a questionnaire? Yes. It's not in the uh, There's one on the website. But if you, uh, like, if you wrote, our website is kalyanameta at spareock.org. So if you uh, wanted to contact... An email address. Yeah, right. Email address. And um, the... <laughs> you said my webs our website is correct. right okay, and well, put, uh, your, put your mic close to you. Oh, so okay, it will. Thanks, Melanie. <laughs> <laughs> that email will get to us, and uh, there there is a place for you to fill out a questionnaire if you're joining a group, and if you are not joining a group or you want it for your own group, you could go ahead and uh, look it up there. Um, another thing that we've found to be really important is to make sure that everybody reads the Kalyanamita guidelines, if that's what you're going to base your, your group's uh, organization around. Um, oftentimes people will, you know, you can refer them and say, please read this, but if you don't follow up and ask, you may find that either they did a very brief read-over 
or they just didn't quite get to it. And you can you can really kind of uh, circum well how would you do you can avoid all kinds of uh, difficulties that might come up later if everybody is is firmly on the same page when you start. You might even go over some of the key points in the guidelines at the initial meeting to help kind of set up the uh, you know the decisions about group organization and process that you're you're wanting to establish in your group and. Um, one way that, that I've found to try and keep people on the same page if you've got a largest group and people tend to be kind of sliding a little bit in, in their observation of the guidelines is to maybe put up a flip chart or a poster with just a few basic things. It can be you know three, four, five things that are important to your group so that as facilitator you don't really need to stop and stop people in the middle of the meeting but maybe just keep it where people can really refer to it and be reminded. Um, why speech is, is something that I think is a great way to ground a group. I just I started a cyber group here a few months ago, and that was the first thing we worked on was why speech is just a, kind of as a basis for how we were going to um, hold each other as a group. And there are a few things that you could uh, use by way of, of getting why speech off the ground in an introductory way. This uh, We've got it in our tip sheet here. The Gregory Kramer article about insight dialogue is very helpful in that it gives some very simple, simple ideas about how you can go about uh, pausing, reflecting, and, and um, choosing how you're going to speak before you go ahead and do so. Oh, I had one question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, what it is, is the... Gregory Kramer article. Uh, do we know? Uh, is that on the website now? Um, I don't know if it is. I'm not sure, but if it's not, we'll get it on the website. And uh, because it, it's very, very helpful. I'm wondering if I'm taking up too much time going slowly down this. No? Okay. All right. Um, I'm going to skip the section about collecting photos of members um, because I think that's more important here with a cyber group. And to my knowledge, there was only the one cyber group that's that's going right now. And actually, that one's disbanded. So um, the next on the list here is adopting a confidentiality agreement, which kind of follows the, uh, the comments that uh, James and Elad were making about the importance of holding confidentiality in a group. And... Um, We've also found that saving at least five minutes at the end of each meeting for processing time, which is what James has in the guidelines, is really, really important. And it's just that that precious moment for really using wise speech. Um, Did you want to do the sustaining groups? Uh, Not necessarily. I want to go on about the... um you know, just a job description and also, uh, you know, just a few comments on that. So now or later? Uh, after. Okay. So as far as sustaining a group goes, um, and I think James and Elad have really made a, uh, a great argument for this, bringing things back to the Dharma really, really helps um, because um, at least I've found that many people that are coming to these groups are really, um, they're very hungry for a place to be held with kindness and acceptance. And um, 
it's very easy, at least for me, I'll, I'll speak for myself, to when I'm when I'm dealing with something, sharing something something with a group that's really personal and intense, I can kind of get off the track and I can get more involved in story than in than in looking at it from a Dharma perspective. But the way to really get the most out of it, I think, and to really keep your meetings tight and focused, is to keep bringing it back to the Dharma. That's a tip that I've really found really helpful. Um, I think most of these points James and Elad have made very well. Uh, and I, I know Ghidra and I have talked about keeping meetings punctual and regularly scheduled so that a rhythm develops is, is really an important way to to get people to to make sure that they um, they make their commitments and follow through so that you end up with a, a group really coming together and um, gelling for one another. Um, one thing that I've found to be a problem, and I, I put on this list, encourage members to bring concerns to the whole group rather than talking about them outside the group. Uh, if you're really watching confidentiality, that might not be an issue. But if um, I, I've been in a group where people felt so frustrated that uh, this processing wasn't going on at the end of the group that discussions ended up leaking outside the group. And it really was a, um, it was a problem. It was much, much more helpful for people to save up those concerns, bring them back to the group and process them in the group than to kind of try to talk to their friends about them or their families or whatever. I guess I would suggest, in terms of, of troubleshooting, um, if you are having difficulty with a group, um, especially if it's several members of the group, I think it helps to ask people to re-examine their intentions and commitment to the group and do a recommitment if they can do so wholeheartedly. And it's also, as a facilitator, it can be kind of hard to remember, um, I'm not going to say to remember, I found it really helpful to use, to remind myself that as a facilitator, I need to to maintain a ground of equanimity with a group in order to support everybody in the group. And it can be really hard if, um, if somebody in the group is just not a good match because... I don't like to <laughs> to create unhappiness, and most people come to these groups because they're really looking for acceptance. But if it's a matter of, of supporting your whole group and there's just something that just is not going to work out, you really need to, to be honest about it and step up and, and as kindly as you can, name it and be with it. And lastly, I would say exercising compassion for yourself as a facilitator. I think that's really, really helpful. You need to, to offer that to yourself. So those are, those are my points. Um, well, I certainly, uh, I think you'll find it helpful to actually go through uh, line by line on that. Uh, 
One of the uh, things you might ask yourself is, well, I've done all this, but it's still not working out in my group. Uh, so you are welcome to uh, go ahead and contact uh, Melanie and me, and uh, we're happy to talk with you by phone. Uh, we're happy to email with you, and uh, there are resources beyond us. We are the uh, dedicated volunteers, but actually here on staff is Mariah, who knows a lot about groups and is very skilled. Uh, James is our guiding teacher, so we're, we're you know, Elad. I'm sure it would help us out here. And uh, there, there are different resources around, so don't feel that you have to um, abide uh, with uh, something that is really not working out for you. We'll do what we can. Uh, as um, the uh, only thing I wanted to say about the group commitment is that I think it's really is important that uh, that you go ahead and uh, you do make a commitment uh, to your group, and that I find the easiest way to do that is just say, I'm setting aside this time, and I put it on my calendar, and then I plan around it. But if it's not already in my calendar, it's just so easy to have things uh, arise. And the group will gain strength by the depth of your practice and your sharing and being together. And so I, I really... You, it's. It's to make it, uh, you know, to really make it a uh, commitment. The other thing about being in a group is being flexible and holding your preferences lightly goes a long way. Uh, some people are looking for the perfect group that meets at the perfect time, studying the perfect thing, and it just goes on and on and on. And it's really hard to to find that group. You might. Uh, but you'd be surprised. Our practice is kind of being what is with what is. And uh, so see if you can say, well, maybe I could make it work out so it would be a half an hour earlier, or I would end a half an hour later, or maybe I would read this book, which isn't my first or second choice, but I wonder if there isn't something to be learned here. And you know, over and over again, I have found that to be true in my groups, is that something that I initially thought I really wasn't very interested in, I became engaged in, and I learned a tremendous amount from it. So I encourage you, as I say, to hold your preferences uh, lightly. Um, I wanted to uh, tell you a little bit more. Uh, when you go to uh, and go to Kalyanamitta at spiritrock.org, you will see a list of, uh, of things uh, there that uh, resources. They are established groups, groups that are beginning or newly forming. And uh, if you're looking for a group, you should check that one as, you know, often because sometimes I know that you're looking for a group, and if I hear of one, I'll email you. So I'm the, the sort of like the person who takes care of correspondence. So if you uh, write in, I'll more than likely answer the email, although uh, Melanie also uh, answers them. I might be away or sick or my computer might have crashed or I might be learning a new computer system or whatever. So uh, Melanie can also uh, be the person that responds. And uh, when you do, we can answer your questions about forming a group and we can direct you to resources. And uh, some people want help writing their listing for the um, website. 
And then I turned that stuff over to Mariah, the volunteer coordinator. And so she, she is my go-to person. She gets all that stuff posted and she does, uh, Mariah does all of the uh, publicity for our group, all the stuff that, and she gets it out there. She's the connector. And um, so uh, we can direct you towards, you know, a, just a variety of resources. And um, sometimes people want to know how can they, uh, what are some other ways they don't, aren't getting any new members? How can they find new members? And I usually have some suggestions for that. Um, so anyway, please contact us. We're happy to help you. And... Uh, we look forward to it. And so I heard a group is uh, starting in San Rafael. And I also enjoy hearing how your group is going. I try to contact you at least once a year to ask you if your listing is, if you are in a group, if you have a group, if your group is still uh, meeting, and if there are any updates uh, to your listing. And it really would be very helpful if, when, if your group decides not to meet or you change the day, or you change the time, or the phone number, or anything like that, if you help us be current, it would be great. Because some people have voiced the frustration of having gone to the website, and they didn't hear back. Well, sometimes I follow that along, and I find out, gee, that's really not an email address that's working anymore, or a phone number. And so it would really be with great gratitude uh, if you kept us current. Shout it out. Okay. Um, I wondered if you could just speak briefly to the role of the facilitator. I assume that you um, think that a group should have a facilitator, first of all. No, not necessarily. As James said, that uh, many groups are peer-led. Usually there's someone who's a host with that group. And then maybe at a, at the be, a beginning meeting, various people take on various roles. Somebody agrees to send out the email to get the group, uh, to, you know, to remind everybody when when they're meeting or or what it is you you have agreed to um, meet or read or you know just that kind of logistics. Maybe somebody else will take on the role of doing the closing. Someone else will take on the role of being the vibe watcher. So no, there doesn't necessarily need to be a facilitator, but it is going to have to, somebody has to kind of um, take charge per meeting. Maybe it's to say, okay, we're going to sit now and we're starting and we're ending. So, you know, it just helps if you can uh, have that kind of lined out at your organizational meeting so that the uh, time together will, you know, progress through a sequence, which is uh, listed in the guidelines, a suggested sequence. Well, kind of my question is partly, like, I've been in groups where there isn't someone who's facilitating enough, mm -hmm. and I think that this kind of group could tend towards that, of like, oh, we don't want to have authoritarian figures, so we're all just kind of be wishy-washy, you know. You can rotate facilitation, too. Right. And it could also be something to talk about in the checkout time. Well, you know, things don't seem to be too organized here, and we're, we're sort of losing track of what we're doing, and discuss that. Because, yes, it's always a possibility. Okay. How long do you um, suggest each meeting be? Each um, most of them are about two hours. Uh, different... Part of it depends on how many people are in your group. How, part of it depends on how long your group decides to sit. Some groups sit for 20 minutes. Some sit for 45 minutes. And what are you trying to get in? Uh, 
Are you trying to, you know, there, there are just so many different varieties. So uh, I'd be happy to talk to you about those, but uh, it's what works pretty well for your group. Like some meet every week, some meet once a month, some meet every other week. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll be around after. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.